Think of the curses you're bringing upon yourself in the New Testament because it's not really giving the 10%. What the Bible teaches is what God honors is the sacrificial giving, that which you don't have to give to God, you give to God. The first fruits, the best, not the castoffs, you give to God. This is important. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message continues our series focused on the blessings of generously investing in God's kingdom. Raul will challenge us to take an honest look at our finances and evaluate whether we're giving the Lord the first fruits of our resources or pawning off the leftovers of our time, energy, and possessions. Today's lesson is titled, Sacrificial Giving That Counts. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, here's Raul Reese. There are a lot of people that are not really for God, but are against God. And there are those that are trying to enrich themselves with God's people. I think we have to really be careful when you watch television or you hear any kind of a radio program, how much emphasis they put on money. If there's a lot of emphasis on money, then there's a problem. And I think it's really important because we're living in a new generation. We're living in a time where things are really changing in our country, financially, monetarily. And the church uh, really could become fearful of what's taking place in the world today. But at the same time, do we really have fear of what God is trying to teach us? And it's really, when you go back into the Old Testament and you read the Old Testament, even before the law of Moses was given. When Abraham or Abraham met Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a type of Jesus Christ. It says that he gave him bread and wine. First type of communion in chapter 14 of Genesis. And he says he gave a tenth of what he owned to Melchizedek to provide to him. The first time a tithe was ever given in the Bible. Before the law was ever given. In the book of Proverbs, if you have your Bible, go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Just two verses. This is Solomon, the son of David, speaking to us. And he says this concerning our giving to God. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. Now imagine what he's saying here. He is saying that if you're a believer in God, then you have a duty to God. If you were a farmer at this particular time, you had cows, you had lambs, goats, chickens, whatever it would be. The Lord says, the first fruits of everything you own belong to me. And you can't touch it. Things haven't changed. We've changed. 
Think of all the people that take the best of God and spend it on themselves. Cars, houses, clothes. Different things that they do with it. And they they make the excuse that they can't give to God. So what are you teaching your children and your grandchildren? Think of the curses you're bringing upon yourself in the New Testament. Because it's not really giving the 10%. What the Bible teaches is what God honors is the sacrificial giving. That which you don't have to give to God, you give to God. The first fruits, the best, not the castoffs, you give to God. This is important. Especially in the time that we're living today. Why? Because you're invested into the kingdom of God. Man, I get so sick and tired of people asking for money. If God's people in every church that are born again of the Holy Spirit, they call themselves Christians, if every person would give sacrificially to the Lord, nobody would ever have to take any offerings. Nobody. The Lord would provide for everything. And think what a big deal they make in every church when it comes to the offering. And some take two offerings and three offerings. On a Sunday morning, they hype the people. And then they fleece the people of God. And because they do it emotionally, the people fall trapped to it. And they give without thinking and without praying. Emotionally, they give. No one should ever give until God has spoken to you. And you know what you have to give to God. That's why here in the beautiful proverb he says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You'll never have a lack of anything if you trust God. And you give to God. Nobody would ever have to worry about it. I want to ask you a question. A very important question. What is your primary priority and attitude in giving to God? What is your attitude? I want to teach you that there are people out there that are stealing from God's people. And they're taking that which doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the Lord. And yet they abuse it in themselves. Because in this question asked today, what is your priority and attitude in giving to God? The answer that I put forth is this. God has to get the best first fruits of my life in money, in time, in service, and everything that belongs to me. Including my children, my wife, my husband, and all of my grandchildren. He gets it all. The best. Not the castoffs. And yet it's so sad how many people never do give to God anything. But they're always wanting something from God. And the Bible says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. That's why we don't take anything from you. We receive from you. That's a biblical use. It's really important to understand your life in Jesus Christ. Because Christ not only gave himself, 
for us. But he left his word for us so that we could understand it by being taught the word of God. So that nobody could take advantage of us in any way. Plus, when you give to God what belongs to God, who gets the glory? He gets the glory and the honor. Imagine that in what's taking place in my life in giving to God. Think of the second question. How much is it costing you to give to God of that which is not yours, but is His? He gives you 100% and He says to you, give me back sacrificially whatever you think is right. He doesn't put you under the law. Imagine that. He doesn't put you under the law. But He gives you the freedom to give to Him. Out of a willing heart. I like what the book of Matthew chapter 6 tells us. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If God is really first in my life, then everything else will be secondary. I'll always remember God first. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, not a church person, a Christian, And the definition and the qualifications is that you have been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've asked God to forgive you for your sins and you've accepted Him by faith into your heart and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit that makes you a child of God. To the others, it means nothing. If you say you are a Christian, a child of God, then God requires for you to pray and to give to Him. Fully and completely sacrificially. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 16, 17, he said, Moses, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he has given to you. And yet most people do not put God first in their lives. But always give to him whatever is left over. Whatever is left over, the cast-offs, they go to you, God. And God doesn't take the cast-offs. He wants the best. Man, how we need to learn from the lessons of the Bible to put God first in my life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. We'd like to remind you that we are here to help you establish a solid foundation for your life with wisdom from God's Word. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources. You can also email Rawl directly at PastorRawl at SomebodyLovesYou.com. Now back to the conclusion of our study, Sacrificial Giving That Counts. Sometimes we get so caught up with this world And we forget about what is most important, and that's not the temporal, but the eternal. Not the Bank of America, the Bank of Heaven, where everything's being kept records. Remember, one day you're going to die, I'm going to die, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to take inventory of our prayer time, our reading time, our giving time, our church time, our witnessing time. Our sins already have been forgiven, taken care of, that we will stand at the Bema Seat of Christ, Romans 14, 10, and then in 2 Corinthians 5, 10, and he says what? 
that we will stand before God and we are going to be judged. Everything that we've done in motives will be cast into the fire. Gold, silver, wood, hay, stubble, and whatever comes out of the fire, the substance, is what you're going to receive. And he says there that many will stand before God and receive nothing. Everything burned in the fire. No substance. I hope you're investing eternally. Because that's the only place that's going to count. When you die, everything stays here. Everybody else misspends it for you. Or misuses it. This is why it's so important to know what the Word of God says. Because we're dealing with eternity. Eternal things. And that's why we come to Christ and we get saved and we begin to be used of God. Because the eternal should always be the most important thing in everybody's life. Building God's house. Doing God's work. Helping other people in need. And being content with whatever God has given you. And not lusting after everybody else's things. Be content with God. Then you don't get into envying other people. It's sad, but it happens in the church. It happens among Christians. When Paul the Apostle was talking to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he said this, chapter 9 verse 6 through 8, he said, But this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposed in his own heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. At the end of the service, when we actually receive the offering and tithes, if you don't want to give, if you're going to go, oh man, I got to give. Not don't, don't give. He says here, let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Here in the Greek, it says this, God loves a hilarious giver, not a murmur or complainer. Amazing what the Word of God teaches us. And I can see why people get bitter watching television, hearing radio programs where people become beggars for bread as if God was bankrupt. God is never bankrupt. We are bankrupt. He's a creator of the heaven and the earth. He made the gold and the silver. Don't ever think that God He's saying that what people are doing is misrepresenting God. Just like when Moses smote the rock twice, instead of once, he couldn't go according to the promised land. What happened? The Lord said, you can't go because you misrepresented me to the people as an angry God when I was never angry with the people. Think of how many pastors and evangelists are misrepresenting God as if God was poor. And he's not poor. He owns everything. We're poor. By the grace of God, we are who we are. And he's given to us what he wants to give to each one of us individually because of his love and grace and mercy that he has for each one of us individually here. Remember in the book of Malachi, the only time in the whole Bible, the last book, the 39th book of the Old Testament, Malachi. In chapter 3, his God is rebuking the priest and the leaders of Israel. And rebukes the husbands that abuse their wives. 
He comes to chapter 3, verse 7. He says this. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And then he said this, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way that we rob you? He said, in tithing and in offerings you stole from me. Interesting. The only place in the Bible that God says, you stole from me. And check this out. He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And this is the only place in the Bible. And try me now in this. Prove me. This is the only place. Prove me now, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out to you such blessing that there will not be enough room for you to receive it. Wow. Can you believe that? In the Old Testament, God says, try me and I'll open the windows of heaven if you really trust me and I'll bless you. You'll never lack anything in your life. Having the right attitude, the right heart to give to God. Look how much He's given to you already, your children, your husband, your wife, your nice home, car, job, security in Him. Shall we not just give to Him what belongs to Him always? Yes, we need to do that. Why? Because we love him. It's really important because in the book of Haggai, he says, consider your ways. The people were going home and they were taking these bags of gold and they were putting the bags of gold, filling them up and then putting them on the ground. And the Lord says, hey, well, what about my house? The house wasn't really being used of God. It was torn down. It needed to be rebuilt to do the work of God, like doing crusades, doing radio, doing television, whatever you have to do to get the gospel out. The people of God were not doing that. They were abhorring everything for themselves, building bigger bags. So the Lord says, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into your houses, and I'm going to make holes in the bottom of your bags, and as you put it in, I'm going to take it out. Are you in that position today? You had a lot, but you don't have a lot today. Did God take it from you? Or is he taking it from you now? I think we better listen to the word of God. Real important that we obey God's word. Read the book of Haggai. It blow you away. When the people repented, Zerubbabel the priest came. And the people got rebuked by God. They began to give to God to rebuild the house of God. Then God brought revival to the church. And God brought blessing to the church. When the people got right with God, then God could do the work of God. If there was a time in the history of the world that we need like these things, like the Marine Corps base, and going out to the world to preach the gospel, it's today. Like never before. And it takes money to do it. To do it. To get the gospel out. And yet, the way I see the word of God, it just blows me away how God is so kind and so gentle and so loving and so good. 
Because he's given us certain principles as Christians in the way that we need to be obedient to giving to God. Number one, he tells us that we need to give according to our income. Whatever you make, you give to God. You figure it out. How much you want to give to God. Some people say 10%. Well, 10%. But we're talking about that which you do not have. 10% you give to God, that's what you have. You see, you already have that. But what counts is what you do not have and you step out by faith and you give to God and you entrust it into God's hands that God will repay you, not with money. But whatever he wants to do in my life, I want to be obedient to him in whatever I do before the Lord. He says in Deuteronomy 16, 17, Every man shall give as he's able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given to you. Whatever the Lord has given to you, you give back to him as you pray. Secondly, we are to give without bringing attention to ourselves. Some people like attention. When they give something, they want to be recognized. We don't recognize anybody. We recognize God. You know what's amazing? The third thing he says here, it's really cool, is that we are to give freely. As you've received it. In Matthew 10, 80 said, Freely you have received, freely give. Luke 6, 38, Given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put on your bosom. For with the same measure that you used it, it will be measured back to you. Whatever a man sow it, that shall he reap. Interesting. That God gives back to us as we give. We are to do it in simplicity. Romans 12, 8 says, He says, He who gives with liberality. And fifthly, we are to give regularly every week. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Check this out. New Testament. On the first day of the week, which is what? Sunday. Let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I, the Apostle Paul, comes. Paul did not believe in asking for money either. He told the church and he taught the church. Jesus said, put aside on the first day of the week, on Sunday, to give to the church so the church can operate. So that when I come, I don't have to take any collections. I love Paul. During the holiday season, it can be especially challenging to spend wisely and in ways that are honoring to the Lord. We hope today's lesson has provided helpful guidance. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the message you've heard today, call 800-634-9165 and ask for the teaching title, Sacrificial Giving That Counts. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to offer you an MP3 thumb drive of the entire giving series that we're currently airing. Rawls' five-part study will show you just how vitally important it is to establish financial priorities with an eye fixed on eternity. You'll also see that when you invest your resources in the things that matter most to the Lord, He'll richly bless your faithful stewardship. To purchase Rawls' five-message giving series on MP3, call 800-634-9165 or visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com. 
we'll send your USB drive for a gift of ten ninety five or more. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gifts enable us to keep sharing the Bible's inspiration and instruction. Thanks so much for your partnership. Next time, as we continue this series centered on developing godly spending habits, we encourage you to join us again. You'll see how your financial decisions are directly tied to your acceptance of the Lord's ultimate ownership of all that you possess. Now, with a closing comment, here's Roll. Six. We are to give hilariously, as we said in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as a purpose in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a hilarious giver. And then finally, seventh and lastly, this is important. We are to give without expecting to receive anything back. Remember Acts twenty thirty five, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's why we don't take offerings. We receive God's people's offerings. We don't take. False prophets take from people and steal from people. We receive. That which God has given to us to give it back to the Lord. To do crusades. To keep maintenance on the church. To build the church. To do whatever we have to do. Missions. That's how we do it. But we will never, ever beg for bread. We trust the Lord. That He will speak to His people, and His people in obedience will give back to the Lord what belongs to the Lord. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.